Hello, and welcome to Level with Jacqueline, the podcast. Today's episode is a treat because I'm going to help you understand why you're not losing weight. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody who is tracking in a food app and you're saying, Jacqueline, I'm doing all the things. Let, let's take aside all of your non-scale things that you're doing. We're, this is tangible shit here, kids. Okay, you're doing your steps. Okay, you're sleeping well. Okay, you're hydrating. Okay, you're going to your fitness classes. I'm talking your food. I'm talking your portion sizes. I'm legit talking tangible stuff. Because guess what? You can do all of those things, which we preach over here at LWJ. You have to have all of these things come together in a holistic approach so you can not only lose weight but feel your best. But the newsflash is this. It's 90% diet. I know it's a legit buzzkill when you hear that. And you're like, but I run so much or I hit the cardio or I, well, I'm lifting the weights. Oh, I go to my hit class. Oh, I get all my steps in. Guess what? You cannot outrun a bad diet. Okay, but Jacqueline, I am tracking in my fitness pal. What are you even talking about? I'm still not losing weight. I'm doing it. See, can't you see? I'm going to help you break it down to where your mistakes may be occurring. Okay, so I have personally nearly 10 years of data collected inside of my fitness pal. But I got to tell you, there are many other food tracking apps available to you. This one podcast is going to be centered around MFP, which is my fitness pal, because that's the one I have the most experience with. However, not going to deny it. I've been looking at a couple others. Yeah. And I'll tell you why too. So let's break it down right now for MFP because that one seems to be the most utilized app for tracking food, but that doesn't mean it's the most accurate. And this is where you might be having trouble. Okay. Let's break it down. Why do we like to use a tracking app? What doesn't get tracked doesn't get changed. And that could be for anything in life, you guys. You want to buy a house or a car, maybe a handbag. You're going to see how much money you have in your bank account. And then you're going to be paying attention to that. And you're going to monitor it and then make some decisions based on your goal. Same idea when it comes to tracking your food. If you have a weight loss goal, fat loss goal, you're probably going to have an idea of how much you're taking in and how much you get to spend when it comes to food or calories. It's why I love tracking. It's a tool. It is not meant to punish. It's not meant to make you feel badly about yourself. It's not intended to restrict and put a spotlight on you and say, oh, you're a bad person because you ate some Oreos. No, I just want you to know what the hell those Oreos contain. Carbs, some fats, okay. And then from there, I get to decide, do those fit into my day? Do they make me happy? Are they worth it? Or would I rather have something else? Okay. And I'm not not villainizing an Oreo. Listen, I have three kinds of Oreos in my pantry right now. Okay. You guys know I love them. 
But what I'm trying to help you understand is when we know what foods have what values, then we can decide how do we fill our day so we have 90% nutritious, wholesome foods that fuel our body and recovery. And then where's the 10% fun foods? So I don't want to poke my eyeballs out. Because life is too short. And if you get hit by a Mack truck tomorrow, I want you to eat the fucking cookie. All right, kids? (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about, now you understand why we would track food. Okay, so if you already are like, oh my gosh, that's not even how I think about it. I'd actually like you to pause this podcast and go sit down and journal out where are your feelings when it comes to tracking? Where's your resistance? Why are you hesitant to do this? Are you feeling shame about what you're eating? You don't want anybody else to see it? Ooh, that's a hot topic. Are you feeling annoyed that this just takes so much time and that's cumbersome and I don't have time to do that? Well, listen to me, friend, very closely. It takes, on average, and this is a study done, between 12 and 15 minutes to log your food for the day. And don't you tell me you don't have 15 minutes because I will grab your phone and look at your scrolling activity. Ouch. That's right. You have time. You're not prioritizing it. And if you took 15 minutes to map out your entire plan of food fueling for tomorrow, think about the stress that that relieves because you already have a roadmap for success. Instead of just hoping that you maybe hit your protein goal or maybe stay underneath your calorie target. That's like you showing up to the bank saying, hey, I think I have enough money in here for a down payment. No, you want to walk in confident that you know exactly what you have to offer. Same story here. Can you hear these little three pumpkins snoring so loudly next to me? If it's too much, you guys got to let me know. But I have to say, part of the... Live Well with Jacqueline podcast experience is Frenchy Snarfles. So love it or leave it. My fitness pal. Amazing tool that can really be eye-opening for what you're consuming. And it's one of the longest standing food tracking apps out there. It's readily accessible. What was cool about it in the beginning, but was actually now a detriment, is it is a user-based system. So you can get in there and search for one cup of rice and get so many entries, your mind's going to be blown and overwhelmed and then you'll probably log out. Because you're like, holy smokes, Like, which one is the right one? And the calorie range is going to vary from rice to rice to rice. And you're like, I don't know, I'll pick this one. And then all of a sudden, you have inaccuracy. And you're questioning is this, well, I I did it. I'm logging my food. Here's what it is. So I'd like to offer a few suggestions to you to help you reduce what we call entry errors. What I often find with clients is if they're quote unquote, I'm entering everything I'm truly tracking. It's because they're not picking quality entries. What's a quality entry? A quality entry is Something that's inside of the food database, here again, we're using my fitness pal, that is accurate, that we know is correct nutritional information. How do we find that? 
Well, my fitness pal has a system where they can have little check marks by them. Those aren't always either the accurate ones. Sometimes we can find more accurate entries as well. How do we do that? Your number one defense when it comes to getting the most accurate entry is actually using the bar scanning code option. Barcode scanner. Yeah. That's a premium feature. Some people don't want to pay for MFP, but I will tell you, not only is this going to help you with accuracy, it's actually going to help you have a speedier entry experience. Again, coming back to that, I don't have 15 minutes to enter, Jacqueline. Bullshit. Okay. I like this feature, but here's the downside. MFP does not always have the data stored. Oh, invalid entry. Oh, we don't have that one. And you're like, what the actual heck? So you would have to go in and then create that food yourself. And that does take a little bit of time. Okay. But once you do it, you then have access to it for the rest of your use inside of my fitness pal. Okay. Because you're allowed to create foods, create recipes, create meals. And those may be things that you don't even know exist in my fitness pal, which will also reduce your entry time. Okay. That's not what this podcast is about, by the way. That that can be a separate one. Okay, so scanning the barcode can be helpful. So let's take a yogurt, for example. And if you just, I like to eat um, Icelandic Greek yogurts, okay? If you just start typing in Icelandic Greek yogurt, you're, you might click on the first one that pops up. And that might not be the most accurate one. Is it the 0%? Is it the 2%? Is it the strawberry or is it the plain? Like, what's the portion size? Oh, that's the cup. Oh, that's the 5.3 ounces. Oh, I only had two ounces. How the heck do I enter that? Oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm out. Again, this is where the scanner is helpful. But one of my favorite ways to enter things, maybe that don't have a barcode or that are more generic. Let's, let's take steak, for example. Let's take filet. And I just had this experience myself the other day. Okay, we got this steak from a place called Snake River Farms. It does not come with the nutritionals on the package. And so I have to pick one that I think is going to be close. And this is where most people struggle. Let me just also umbrella this for you. Nutritionals are generally have a range from zero to 20% being inaccurate, like a nutritional information on a package. So now you're thinking, holy smokes, Jacqueline, are you kidding me? Like, why do I even bother? You bother because you're willing to take a bit of that error, even though you're still want to having a, still wanting to have awareness, okay? But you're going to try to mitigate these errors as much as possible. So let's go back to the filet. I wanted to have a four-ounce filet, so I chose to find my entry by the following parameters. Did I sell Wisconsin there for you? <laughs> parameters. Um so I said filet, whole foods, because I picked, I, I like to do this one. One of my secret tricks is entering a grocery store chain, which can be really helpful. So, you know, okay, pick one that's by you. Whole foods, Trader Joe's, Wegmans, Publix, Meyer, whatever. Pick one of these kind of global or you know, United States chains, and they can be really helpful for you to sometimes find an entry. And then the other trick 
is to utilize either the letter G or the letters OZ. And those stand for grams or for ounces. Why do we do this? Because it can oftentimes clear out some of the bullshit entries that are lurking around and will then bring up to the surface, okay, here's a filet. This is measured in ounces or in grams. It's from Whole Foods. I'm going to get closest to my most accurate entry when I give a little bit more data because it can search that database and find it. Now, not only that, I can go in and manipulate the numbers based on what I ate. So let's say my intention was to eat four ounces. So sometimes you'll see my fitness pal, it's only giving me one option, one ounce or four ounce. Okay, that's fine. Or what if it just gives you the one cup option? Being able to utilize grams or ounces in your search parameters is going to help you get the ability to be able to manipulate the numbers for you. Now you're not going to be as frustrated when you go to enter what it is that you had for the day. Because what if I only ate three ounces, right? I want to be able to toggle that number from either grams or ounces based on what it is that I ended up consuming for that time. All right, so entry errors. I'm going to tell you right now, cups and spoons and all of those are just wildly inaccurate. I know that sometimes that is the only way that you can measure, but I'm going to implore you to get a food scale because you can massively over eyeball and over measure with a cup or a tablespoon. Notoriously, I'm going to, I'm going to, you go test this one. Okay. For those of you who are not allergic to nut butters out here, this is for you. I want you to take a jar of peanut butter. I want you to scoop out what you think a serving size is. Okay, just scoop it out with your knife. Just don't even weigh it, nothing. Now, I want you to go do it with a tablespoon. Take your tablespoon, scoop that out. Put it on another plate. The third part is put your peanut butter jar on top of the scale. Have it read zero. Now take that clean knife and scoop out 16 grams. It's going to go to negative 16 grams. Then I want you to look at all three servings that you pulled out and see, well, what eyeball the size? Be like, oh, holy smokes, like I took out a serving and a half when I just eyeballed it. Or I took out a really big scoop because it was a heaping tablespoon and I didn't realize I was doing that. You could even do it one up where you take your food scale and now you go measure each portion that you took out and see how off you were. Or maybe you were really close and you're like, damn, I'm a badass. I know how to eyeball my shit. That's the goal, my, my friends. I, I, listen, tracking's a tool, okay? And people get really wound up about it. But truthfully, if you don't know what you're even doing, how do you even know where to start? So I love to track and food measuring and weighing is the most accurate way to do that. It is not punishment to you. It is awareness so I can make sure that I'm fueling my body with the right amount of food so I can feel my best. I would love for you to flip that script in your head. I'll get women who come to me, they're like, I don't want my kids to see me that I'm weighing my food. Well, you just decided to demonize the scale. And you're telling them that weighing is restricting and that is bad. But is it? You're taught that by society because we want to be less and weigh less on the scale. How about I want to make sure I'm getting enough fucking vegetables. You saw me, if you're following me on Instagram, I was with my broccoli and my zucchini this week. 
Oh my god, why are you eating vegetables, Jacqueline? Because you know what? If you're eating three sprigs of fucking broccoli, and you're like, I'm so hungry. Well, guess what? That's one ounce of broccoli, and I wanted you to eat five ounces of broccoli. Do you know how much more broccoli you need on your plate? You just don't even know, do you? How will you know? You got to (laughs) measure. This is why I love measuring so much. But eventually, I want you to start to eyeball your portions. Do you know when I started tracking years ago, the first two things that I wanted to start eyeballing because I knew like I tended to overeat them were avocado, rice, and ice cream. Even when I'm not tracking, those are the three things I still measure out because I have a tendency to go heavy-handed on them. But what I would do is I would say, all right, blind. I'm going to put what I think my portion is on the plate and then I'm going to go measure it and see how accurate I was. And that's how I weaned myself off from tracking. This is also really a great trick for my my friends who are living in maintenance land. If you're like, how am I doing here? Like, how is my eyeballing going? And you just want to see where you're at. Or if you're like, oh shit, man, this, the scale's creeping up a little bit. Like, hmm, let me just check myself before I wreck myself. <laughs> and maybe you track for seven days just to see what you're doing. And you're like, oh my gosh, I thought I was putting four ounces of rice on my plate. Turns out I've been doing six. No wonder. And if you're doing that consistently and then you add it in like a protein bar because you're like, hey, I have more calories now. I'm in maintenance. And then you're not tracking a couple BLTs. Let's talk about those next. All of a sudden, we can understand why you might be gaining a little bit. Because I got a newsflash. Again, weight loss is a lifestyle. This is not just a one and done situation. You don't just do this and go back to who you once were. And if you're not ready to hear that, you might not be ready to embark on this journey. Maintaining your weight loss is the hardest thing you will do about this entire thing. 1,000%. People don't realize that. It is hard to maintain your weight loss. It's easy to lose weight. So let's go back to BLTs. What are those? Bites, licks, little licks. (laughs) Man, oh man. Licks and tastes. Being able to recognize where am I picking up food that I'm not even paying attention to. This one is notorious, unfortunately, for my poor moms out there or my dads or my parents who are just like, oh, little Jimmy didn't finish the crust on his peanut butter sandwich or, oh, we're in the car to go to swim practice. Let me eat this handful of goldfish on the way because I didn't prep my food for me today. This shit adds up and... You know, it's hard. I understand. Everybody's busy. We all have different commitments to our lives. But that one can like sneak up on you so quickly because that shit is like lurking everywhere at every corner. All the snacks, all the treats, all the things, all the little things, okay? So BLTs. Or it could be this one. Listen, at the nurse's station, somebody brought in brownies. Okay, in the work conference room, free donuts or bagels today. Oh, I can't pass up a freebie. I better get my money's worth. I need to have at least half that big. Oh, I'm going to have the whole one. All of a sudden, there goes 300 calories, and you weren't planning on it for that day. Wait, did you add cream cheese? <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I don't like a thin smear. I like to pile that shit on. <laughs> so, but it didn't happen because I magically, like, either didn't prepare for it or I didn't log it or I forgot I ate it. Do you know how many people forget they ate it? This is a notorious one as well where people have planned their day and they're going about it and then like they snagged something and just kind of were rushing on throughout the whole day. And then at the end of the day, 
as you're really winding down and kind of looking back, you're like, oh, you know what? I did have a half of that whatever, or I ate like three of those little Snickers bites, or God, I'm so tired. It's 930. Like I took care of the kids. I worked. I commuted. Like I just did the laundry. I I just watched Netflix for half an hour. What did I have again? Oh man, I don't really remember. I'm going to do better tomorrow. And those things that we magically thought we would enter at the end of the day or didn't measure out and just snuck into our situation, they add up. That might be the difference of you being in a calorie deficit or not. What is a calorie deficit? It's the only way you're going to lose weight, friends. Go listen to anybody who's in this industry who's worth a damn. They will tell you, you will only lose body fat if you're in a calorie deficit. That means eating less calories than you need to live. For me to be Jacqueline, my body runs on, let's call it 2,000 calories a day. In order for me to lose weight, I have to eat less than that. End of story. I don't care if you track macros. I don't care if you work out. Nothing. Take it all off the table. I need to eat less than that. Now, does it get easier if I move my body and if I track at least my protein? Absolutely, right? So that's a whole, again, another podcast, but we're talking about a calorie deficit. How do you know if you're in a calorie deficit? You can't just hope, wish, and pray that you maybe are. This is why we track food. So maybe you use it as a tool for two weeks, maybe for four weeks. I suggest doing it for between two and four weeks at minimum till you really start to understand and know what portions look like. That's on the light side though, kids. I've been doing this for five years. I still weigh my food when I'm tracking, which I am right now. I'll eyeball it. Oh, that's a doggy toot. Simone, you guys are getting like everything today from these dogs. I still like to weigh my food because you know what? I don't want to leave it to chance. If I'm going to commit to being in a mini cut for six, eight, 10, 12 weeks, whatever it happens to be, I don't want to just hope it happens. If I'm going to dedicate this time, I'm going to make sure the shit is going down and getting it done right. I don't want to just, maybe. I'm going to pre-log everything in advance. That means before my feet hit the floor, the next day, my food is tracked for the entire day. There's flexibility, okay, that's the third stumble today. There's flexibility programmed into my day. Just like last night, I ended up feeling like I didn't want to cook. And so I said, okay, what am I not making? I'm not making this pasta dish. What am I am eating? I'm eating this. Before I go and decide, let's swap out these two things and see if I still hit my numbers. Boom, I did. So I was able to be flexible. That comes with practice, by the way. Do not recommend that in the beginning. You will feel overwhelmed and tired. So to recap, inaccurate entries, aka entry errors, are probably your number one culprit because you're not accurately finding a entry in your food log. My fitness pal, um, it could be another one, maybe like chronometer or my macros first or macros plus. It's just called macros first, actually. Okay, those are all great databases. It could be because you're not accurately measuring your food because you're eyeballing your portions. Remember the peanut butter trick. It could be because you honestly just are resisting tracking because you have 
a fear or a told story around why tracking might be a negative experience for you. And so we have to unpack why that is. And when you reframe your mindset around it and say, I'm learning how to fuel my body to make sure I get enough to meet my goals so I can recover and feel my best, that is going to change so much. Okay. This is a long episode. I haven't done a long one like this in a, a long time, but I do think you have some tangibles to take away to really explore why you might be spinning your wheels in the mud and not making the progress. So if you found this episode helpful, could you share it to your Instagram stories? Maybe you have some friends who are starting to track and they've already burnt out. Maybe you have uh, some um, self-reflection and saying, wow, I really am frustrated with myself and I have this hesitancy with this food scale because I've been saying, I think it's like the devil and you really want to do some mindset work on it. Maybe you're like, holy smokes, I didn't realize it was 90% nutrition. And I've been thinking if I hit three more hit classes a week that I'm going to be able to reach my goals and outrun my Oreo milkshake at the end of the day that I forget to track. Think about this. If you could also rate, review, or subscribe, I want to get my podcast into more ears of more people because I know people are out there struggling with these types of things. And if I can break it down a little bit, it might be helpful for them. As always, thank you for tuning in to the Level with Jacqueline podcast and have a fantastic day.